Welcome to the Final Draft Great Conversations podcast. On today's episode, we're getting back into the Australian Classics Book Club for 2020. The Australian Classics Book Club is an exploration of Australian writing, looking back over the forgotten, the controversial, the much-discussed and the underappreciated books that make up our Australian letters. In today's book club, I'm joined by Bram Presser. Bram is the author of 2017's The Book of Dirt. He's also written the introduction to today's classic, so together we will be discussing Arnold Zabel's 2001 novel, Café Scheherazade. I'm Andrew Popel, and every week I broadcast Final Draft from the studios of 2SER in Sydney. We record on Gadigal land of the Eora Nation, and I acknowledge the traditional custodians and their ongoing connection to that land, stolen land that was never ceded. Final Draft explores the best of Australia's books, writing and literary culture, and in the Australian Classics Book Club we look back to learn more about that culture and how it influences our reading. On Ackland Street in Melbourne's beachside suburb of St Kilda sits a cafe named Scheherazade. Martin is a journalist there to write a story on the cafe's founders, Avram and Marsha Zelenikov. No sooner has he begun than Martin knows that this will be no Sunday column. As voices fill the air of Scheherazade on a nightly basis, Martin comes to bear witness to the history that has seen so many flee their homes in Europe and converge on Melbourne for a new beginning and a chance to heal. Join me as we explore the power of storytelling in Café Scheherazade. My name is Andrew Popel, and if you are a calendar watcher, you know that at the end of the month, uh, it is time for the Australian Classics Book Club. It is a chance to look back across the many amazing works of Australian writing and discover something, perhaps something that you you didn't know, something that you do know that you want to find out more about. Today, I'm joined on the line by Bram Presser. Wikipedia calls Bram a Melbourne personality. On his own page, he's a scruffy scrivener. But perhaps regular listeners know Bram best as the author of 2017's The Book of Dirt, the cross-generational story of Bram's grandparents and his search to uncover their story. Now, Bram has written the introduction to today's inclusion in the Australian Classics Book Club. It is Arnold Zabel's Café Scheherazade. Bram, welcome. Thanks so much. It's it's great to be chatting to you again, just in general. But th- yes, for thanks, this book, uh, thanks for having me back. And this book, it's I'm very excited to be discussing this and sharing it with people. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's a masterpiece. It's just a, a beautiful, beautiful book. Now, today, it's, it's one of the youngest of the classics that we've actually discussed in the book club. And its author is still, you know, a vital writer that many people may know. But perhaps, could you just give us an introduction to Arnold Zabel for those who, who don't know who he is, don't know about his work? Uh, look, Arnold is, uh, he's got to be one of those people that it, it's almost in, impossible to, to, to come up with, you know, some sort of description that, that's going to do him justice. Uh, he is he's so many things. He's, uh, I mean, I, I think of him as Australia's kind of greatest, uh, fabulous um, almost kind of a moral compass for 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 you know the literary world and also just um, generally for Australian society. He's a you know he's a teacher. He's a tireless advocate for for, for human rights, for writing, for um, all the things that I think uh, we as uh, as as you know. Australians in general should be should be aspiring to. Um, uh, I'm not sure how many people know he was he was the person who who championed and brought to uh, and brought to publication Beirut Bashani's No Friend But the Mountain. Um, he, he was the the, the president of, of Penn Australia. Uh, I, I mean, he is just an, an incredible person and also an incredible writer. And 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 he's just uh, you know every everything he he every time he publishes a new book, it's it's it's, it's kind of a a, a, a new revelation and, and a new 
it, it just just opens your mind to to where kind of Australia is at you know this time. Um, it, yeah, I, I, I mean, I can't I can't speak highly enough of him really. And today we're we're going to take a trip across the twentieth century. Uh, starting back in in the mid nineties, in in Arnold's two thousand and one novel Cafe Scheherazade. Now, until two thousand and eight, on Ackland Street in Melbourne's beachside suburb of St Kilda, sat a cafe named Scheherazade. The cafe had held a vital place for Melbourne's Jewish community ever since its founding by Avram and Masha Zelesnikov. Arnold Zabel's Café Scheherazade chronicles the voices and the stories that filled the air of Scheherazade on a nightly basis, bearing witness to the history that had seen so many flee their homes in Europe and converge on Melbourne for a new beginning and a chance to heal. Now, Bram, place and identity are integral to Café Scheherazade, and I wanted to help the listener get a sense of, of this place that occupied such a place in the hearts of so many people for 50 yeah. years. Can you tell me about the Scheherazade of your memory? Oh look! So I, I do. Firstly, I, you know, I, I I currently live around the corner from where it was, um, but I, I I grew up across town from it. But I, I I used to go there with my grandparents, and this you have to imagine this was a a, a slice of you know middle Europe, um, in Bayside, Melbourne. Um, you know, you would go in there. Uh, it was it was always lively, full of you know. Firstly, I had a very very big um, uh, Holocaust survivor clientele. Uh, you know, people would come and they would they would be able to relive their childhoods almost. Um, uh, you know, eat the things that their their mothers cooked. Uh, that you know, go to the, it was like a cafe that they would have gone to before the war. Um, it was it was just you know, it was also like like a hub for very much the St Kilda. So I don't know the the best way to describe the kind of that kind of boho, slightly misfit, slightly like, this. It, it, I guess it catered to to to. I, I would. I, I'm a bit loath to use the term, but like, you know, outcasts from around the city. Uh, you know, had a lot of artists. Had a lot of. Um, I mean, uh, St Kilda's the red light district of Melbourne. Um, it used to have a lot of um, um, prostitutes would come and 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 be eating there, and, and it was it was it was just it was this incredible like crucible of Melbourne culture. It was, you know, for you know the post-war era. And also, the food was amazing. <laughs> you know, like it was, it was, it was all, all of the things that I remember my my grandmother cooking. Um, and we, I mean, I'm I'm of, I'm of Czech heritage. It was very, it, it was probably a bit more more kind of Polish and Hungarian. Um, but even so, like my grandparents would take me when my grandmother like couldn't be um, cooking that night, uh, and we just have these amazing meals and you know schnitzels the size of of uh, uh, literally the size of the plate. Uh, you know, amazing like goulashes and you know the, the, that European mushroom soup. Uh, your blintzes. It was. Uh, I'm sitting here. I'm thinking. Gee, I'm just now. <laughs> like, it was. It was. It was fantastic. And you know, it, it, I actually sort of wish it was still around because you know my grandparents have since died. I, I don't have easy access to that food, and I could kind of. I, I could now go back there and uh, and, and and enjoy uh, what what I remember from my childhood. Um, and so, you know, I suppose, uh, kind of oddly, the book uh, brought me back, and, and like to be able to, to have done the intro to, to this book really actually brought me back to to 
my time with my grandparents and also um, this incredible place with these incredible people. Um, you know, Avram and Masha, obviously. There was also, I can't remember her name, but there was this one waitress who everyone knew and she, would, she, she pretty much ran the place like a, yeah, she, she was this just incredible kind of maitre d' but in that really, you know, tough Eastern European way. Um, it was just fantastic. I can hear you so almost drooling down the yeah, line. I'm, I'm actually literally drooling. That's the part. <laughs> so, I mean, before you before you drool all over your phone and we lose the line, I I think we have to acknowledge that this this sounds amazing, and it sounds also like a a, a tumult of voices. And in the book, it's uh, the the crowd outside on the streets referred to yeah. as the Jewish Parliament. And yet, <laughs> out of this, Arnold has extracted. A, a select voices and and crafted this novel and look we, we're in a really unique position Bram uh, and I think I think maybe we're going to do something very unique in the Australian Classics Book Club should we bring in a special guest to join us and discuss the book uh, if that if that uh, if that special guest has the the initials A Z well, I'm, you know I'm a resounding yes A to Z it's uh, really A to Z actually kind of describes the the book but let's um let's bring in a special guest okay. all right. So joining us, joining us on the line uh, is is Arnold Zabel, the author of Cafe Scheherazade. Arnold, welcome! Thank you so much for joining us in the Australian Classics Book Club. Oh, it's great to be here. What does what does that mean to you? Your your book is being brought out in the text classics range, and I'm I'm bringing you on a show that I've called the Australian Classics Book Club. Does do you have a sense of of what your your literary output and Cafe Scheherazade means in in terms of it being a classic? Is this something that that is meaningful to you at the moment? Well, it's actually hard to um, to uh, really uh, uh, put my finger on this. It, 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 look, it's it's wonderful to be uh, to have a, a, a work, a novel that's regarded as a classic, and all of this in my own lifetime. So, uh, I guess that's uh, uh, yeah, that, that's. Uh, but it's strange at the same time, I guess. You, you, you just do your work and you create a body of work um, and, um, uh, and somehow one of, one of those books becomes a classic and um, is elevated, uh, I guess, into the canon of Australian literature, one could say. So, yeah, yeah it's very hard to, to really answer that question uh, except to say that uh, I, I'm very grateful I I was transfixed by Café Scheherazade, and I think one thing that really grabbed me was your storytelling. And, and this is a book that begins and ends and is filled with storytelling. And I was interested most because I, I felt myself moving with Martin, your... You're ostensibly your frame storyteller. He's the, the person who's gone to Scheherazade to create a a piece for the paper that turns into this enormous project. And he says, I return the next night as if lured by a recurring dream. Um, so, look, I mean, for me, I think I think you, you, you absolutely nailed it in terms of Arnold as a storyteller. Like, I mean, he's, he, you know, he's collected these stories. So, so he sort of, he's got the, 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 the ear of, of a journalist, which I, you know, the, the training, but 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 he actually has like the heart and the 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 the, the soul and the pen of like a, a really a classic storyteller. Like, and I mean that in, in, in like 
the 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 literal sense that like when I say a, a, a classic storyteller, like you know these are the, 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 he, he has that that or he embodies that that mode of storytelling that has been passed down through centuries, and it just you know you either have it or you don't, and, and it's just it's so natural for Arnold, and so it's it, it's the way the way he writes, the way he tells a story, it's just so it, it's so moving and it's so like. It just it just completely captivates you and, and and it elevates whatever story he's telling. Arnold, I, I thought about Martin's captivation and then I also kind of contrasted that with um, Lazare, who, who a refrain through his storytelling was, I cannot see the continuity, only broken lines. Was was that something about the your role and Martin's role to, to bring those stories together? Well, look, I, I guess um, uh, the challenge in every book Every story you write is you know, how 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 do you, you construct it and um, and who is the narrator um, and so uh, you know Martin Martin Davis became the narrator and I, I deliberately chose that name Martin Davis because it could be both a Jewish name and it could be a non-Jewish name so um, the journalist he's a journalist and you could interpret it either way you know when it was made into a play. Um, it, the the uh, playwright chose to have Martin Davis as non-Jewish, and um, and so I, I liked it. I liked the fact that it could go either way, <clears throat> and that so Martin becomes the conduit through which the stories are told. He's he's the he's the witness to those stories. I mean, there are moments when he's affected by them, and hints at the fact that he is deeply afflicted by them. But most of the time, he's the listener. Um, when, when we come to that issue of Laser Biala, um, you know, and his signature refrain, you know, most of my characters in this novel have got a signature refrain to distinguish them. Uh, uh, Charles Dickens was a master of the signature refrain, something particular to a character that marked them. And uh, so Laser is marked by the fact that. He's, He's, he's in awe of his own life. He's in awe of the fact that it seems to be just all these these fragments and, uh, and, and, and uh, uh, he's trying desperately to fill in the dots. He's trying to integrate those stories into a wholeness. So uh, that's, that's what's specific to him as a character. Uh, and, 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 I, and that was the challenge with all the characters. That what was... What was in a way, they they, they represent um, different types of survival and uh, different responses to the same trauma. Uh, and uh, yes, so uh, I, I think that um, uh, on a, on another level, though, uh, they're all telling stories that are kind of fragmented, and so the cafe itself then becomes. The, um, the the place where the stories are told. The cafe also, like Martin Davis as the, as the listener witness, the cafe itself becomes a kind of, uh, I guess, a kind of witness and, and, and a way to, to bring all these fragments together. I think this is something that I expect any serious listener has asked themselves, and I was really interested in the way you said the cafe becomes a witness there, Arnold, because we, within the text is Martin's story. We learn 
We learn very little about Martin. He is, in a way, he is a, a cipher through which the other stories are told, but he also feels compelled to listen. And of course, a story isn't a story without a listener. Um, can you can you both reflect on on your roles as as listeners to stories and how that's influenced your storytelling and the way you approach a story? Look, I mean, I think I think you know, as writers, as storytellers, you 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 always have to be a listener first um, and, and an observer. Um, and, and I think uh, you know what's 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 beautiful. And I say this sort of in the in the introduction to to Cafe Shahrazad because I think. Um, Arnold, and this is not this is not limited to Cafeshera that in, in 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 you know most of his work um, um, really just he he gets it he gets it right because I think it's very it's very easy to, um, uh, to to twist or appropriate or somehow not do a story justice even if you think you are and so but I, and I, I think the key is is at the very beginning is 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 to make sure you are you know. Giving the 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 appropriate um, you know attention and care to the listening, to the, and, and and recognize particularly if you're telling other people's stories, recognizing that though they may transform into kind of your story in a way, ultimately they're not, and there's a degree of like just um, you know just basic I suppose um, respect and, and honor of the stories themselves and the people telling them. To, to elevate them rather than to elevate yourself, and I think that's uh, you know something that that I, certainly for me was was a, was was very important in, in in writing the book of dirt um, because there were so many other people's stories uh, told. But it, but it's something that I actually I, and I you know I'm, I'm very open about this that, that it's something that I I think um, I learned uh, a great deal uh, just from reading Arnold and from 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 getting to know and speaking with Arnold because I, I cannot think of of a better um, uh, practitioner of, of of the art of listening and 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 making stories from what you hear um, than him. Well, what I'd add to that is, um, it's not only the story, but it's the way it's told mm-hmm. and where it's told, and and how it is told, and um, uh, and and and. You know, when, when I say how it is told, it's not only the words and the signature refrains and the sort of the sort of expressions that mark a particular character. It's also the gestures. I think gestures are often overlooked uh, as 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 part of of, of the uh, the art of, of story and telling stories. And so you're observing all the time. I, I know that when I'm in that in that space. Where I'm listening to a story, I, I don't call it research, um, and I I don't use the word interview. I I I, I it, it's for me it's a, it's an, a conversation, an engagement, in a specific place with a with a specific person, um, and if you get into that state, the conversational state on the one hand and the witness state on the other, uh, then uh, the magic begins to happen. Uh, and 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 when I say magic, people begin begin to to touch uh, to touch on what Primo Levi calls the eloquent episode. They remember things that are you know, that are a, a, a truly shortcuts to deep understanding uh, of a particular time and and, and place. Uh, for for instance, that story of. Um, uh, 
of laser uh, going to work through the Siberian snows one morning, and um, uh, and he sees he sees what appears to be at sunrise a, a village suspended from the sky, and uh, and then a moment later he realizes that it was an illusion that the um, uh, created by the fact that this, there was smoke coming up from the chimneys of a village, you know, or going up vertically because there was no wind, and it created for a moment an illusion that it was being, or it was suspended between the snow and the sky. So, but it, it, it takes a lot of conversations before you get to that type of remembrance in in the person that's telling the story. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, so it, it, I. It, it, I call this going on full alert, you know, you know, being not only the listening but the watching and seeing what's going on at the periphery, and and also seeing what's whirling around beyond the periphery. So there's always the the scene in the cafe. There's always other things happening at the same time. Uh, can, I, can I just add? Oh, sorry. Um, can I just add, like in terms of the place itself, um, that that. Um, Cafe Sherazade, and and you know Arnold Arnold said like the place itself is, is important. Like people would be able, survivors often wouldn't tell their stories, right? But Cafe Sherazade gave them a, a a place where they could open up in an environment that they wouldn't otherwise talk as well. Um, uh, you know that that's certainly the the, the feeling I got a, a from from reading the book, but also from my experience of of, of having been there. It was um, it was you know what in in modern times we would call a safe space, um, where where you know I don't think had Arnold encountered these people in other environments, they they would necessarily have been um, so uh, willing or even able actually to to, to tell their stories. Well, look, it's, it's interesting there because this is a novel. And um, and it's a novel for uh, all kinds of reasons. And one of the reasons it's a novel is because uh, quite a few of those stories were not told in the cafe. And so, uh, you know, the, the cafe at a certain point becomes, well, it, it just becomes the place. And, um, uh, and, and uh, so it's a kind of fiction that some of those stories were heard there. Um, and you know they stories that I heard in the living rooms of people's places or that I that I've heard elsewhere. Uh, so um, uh, you, you know, and, and so looking at this issue of of the fiction, um, uh, you know, the word fiction itself comes from from the word fictio in Latin, which means to make or to shape. And so really, uh, what we're dealing with here is how I shape the story, and Certainly, you know, that the cafe was the inspiration for the novel and certainly quite a few of the stories were to- actually literally told there, uh, some, some more than others. Um, and, and, and certainly uh, uh, the cafe is, is, is there for many, many other reasons and, 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 and the things that were swirling around the cafe, like the Jewish parliament that met uh, every Sunday morning and argued about the world events that actually was happening too. So there's a lot of stuff that was happening around the cafe. But on the other hand, um, uh, I was taking, all, I was drawing on all kinds of things in order to uh, to, to shape uh, uh, this 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 uh, novel and make it work. 
and the cafe uh, uh, became um, central to, to the storytelling. And not only that, there I think one of those moments, and, and Bram would understand this, you know, you struggle, you go through periods when it's not quite happening and... Um, uh, but there, and then there are moments of great excitement. Uh, and one great moment of excitement is when I, when I cottoned on to the idea that I had to find an equivalent, a mirror uh, cafe to Scheherazade in Eastern Europe. Uh, and after doing the research, uh, I, I heard about Wolfkas, where, where Avram uh, Zelaznikov, one of the lead characters, had actually spent time in Vilna, and, uh, and and you get excited, and and these are things that fiction enable you to do to make those sort of connections, um, and perhaps that way tell a a deeper truth or, or create a more engaging uh, magical narrative. We're living in a world right now where um, so much is happening in terms of of movement of peoples across borders because of of turmoil. They're escaping persecution, and we we have a government that works so hard to keep these stories silent. Um, and and that is no more apparent than when one of those stories gets through, and you have a, a book like Beres Bashani's No Friend But the Mountains, showing us the power of of testimony about the the impact on asylum seekers on Manus Island. Can you? Talk to me a little bit, Arnold, about storytelling as survival and the role that it plays in in keeping people alive and and helping them, you know, be reconciled with with the past. Well, look, well, Beirut is interesting because I've known Beirut since uh, 2014. We've conducted a dialogue. Uh, uh, we formed a deep friendship uh, through various means. Um, and, um, and 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 as he was writing that novel, uh, I was getting the chapters, and um, and, and and I think it's interesting with, with reflecting on my my relationship with Beirut. Uh, you know, I've come to see we're kindred spirits, and when I say that, it, it we're both driven to bear witness. You know, we're both driven to uh, to record the stories of those that are. One could say stateless or in limbo or in Cafe Sheherazade, I call them lost mention, you know, people that that no longer can feel the ground beneath their feet. Um, and, 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 and these are stories of people who could so easily uh, be overlooked um, and, and, who, and, uh, and so not only overlooked but treated very brutally. I, I just, in my view, this view seems more brutal than than being in limbo and not knowing where you're going, you know, spending years of the best years of your life with your life, in a sense, on hold. Uh, so, uh, yeah, the impulse is to, to respond to that and then uh, to to write the story, but to write it well. I mean, uh, you, you've got to write it engagingly. It's part of the project. It's an obligation. And if you don't do it well, you're betraying those stories. So, they, you know, they, they, uh, it comes down to this issue of betrayal, I think. There's a wonderful saying, I think it was Ali Wazelli who said it, that there are stories meant to be told and not to tell them is to betray them. And, and, uh, 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 and yeah, so, so that, that becomes the mission, uh, and that is to, to, uh, to, to 
bear witness to the stories and then to tell them well and engagingly. And Bayer's, of course, found, found a way to do that. It's quite extraordinary what he does in that, uh, in, in that book of his, which is as much novel, I think, again, as it is a work of non-fiction. It was, it's an extraordinary story. And, um, I mean, I'd, until Bram reminded me earlier in the conversation, I'd, I'd forgotten um, your role in it. Um, but it, it jumped out at me that there is, there is a, a kinship between these sto- the stories that we hear in Café Scheherazade and Beruzas, but also in the way we engage. I think in books like these, there's, there's so much importance in the way the reader engages and, and choosing to engage and to hear, um, to, to bear, as you say, to bear witness. Look, it's a, look, what you said is very uh, interesting, this issue of the reader, and uh, and I know Bram um, would be acutely aware of this. You know, when you're sitting at the writing desk or, or in the cafes where I tend to write or wherever we write, um, uh, I don't I don't have the audience in mind. You know, what's, what's in mind is, uh, well, I, I've just got to tell the story uh, as, you know, as, Powerfully as possible, uh, and um, uh, yeah, that's the impulse. Uh, uh, you feel the same, Brand. That that impulse. Uh, yeah, look, you can get into trouble if you if you are too too conscious of a, it. It can lead to you being crippled by a kind of inner critic. And 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 I'll say this this too. Uh, you know what's interesting about No Friend But the Mountain. Um, uh, Babies' book is he was uncompromising. You know, when 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 we're looking at various chapters of his book, I mean, he's weaving in poetry. He's weaving in. Um, it's a very unorthodox book. You know, there are moments when he just lets lets his feelings fly, and it, and it becomes a chant and a cry, and a, and 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 uh, so. And then there are moments when it becomes a Kafkaesque nightmare, but. But uh, he's very, very empowering because he he backs his own, and um, and uh, and in the end, uh, uh, it, it proved it proved it proved to be uh, you know uh, he proved to be well, it's not a great judge. He stuck to his guns, and uh, and and the rest is, is history in a sense. It's become a bestseller and a very powerful book and emblematic of a time uh, and predicament. That will that will that will survive the test of time. Yeah, I, I think you do. You have to be absolutely true to the true to the the story you're you're telling and and and, and um, what you're writing. I think if you have an audience in mind and you write to that, there's, there's every chance that you'll just you'll you'll how do they get it wrong? Well, they like get it wrong, and and that audience won't necessarily readers readers are, are, are very you know. Uh, fickle they 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 can see and also they're they're very they're sharp they they can see through like you know the artifice of being written for rather than you know um having a story that's that's told that's true to itself and that you know that's what people want to read i think um and that's you know that's that's where the 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 power lies in in telling telling um the story as it needs to be told it's not even asked to be told it needs to be told um and if you if you can't you know if that involves you know using uh, yeah, as as, as Beirut uh, did, you know, you know, um, bits of poetry or or, um, or you know various other you know modes or, or, or forms or what have you, um, then, then then so be it. And and you know if it is true to to the story being told, 
it will feel natural in it. Um, you know, if you if you force something in, um, it'll that'll also kind of stand out in a in in a, in, in all the wrong ways. Uh, you know, in book in book of dirt, I had a, a few bits of poetry in it. I just remember my editor like when we we're going through the through the manuscript, she just looks at me. She goes, "You're not a poet." And we crossed them out, <laughs> and you know, and she was right. Looking back, you know, I, I felt at the time, but 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 it was, um, you know, it didn't, it didn't, it was actually like a a a, a departure from from what the story needed um, to be told. What yeah, I, found... I uh, going back to, to uh, the writing of Cafe Sierras, uh, that book is written in a kind of Yiddish syntax, right? And it's it's a, there's a, it's a very Jewish storyteller's mode. You know, there's other books I've written like Sea of Many Returns, which is set in the island of Ithaca, uh, uh, and a, a good deal of it where my wife's family comes from. You know, and all the characters, uh, or many of the characters, are Greek. It was very very different kind of a challenge, and and one of the, the joys of Ryan Kapitzer's art was to allow that that voice, that Yiddish storytelling voice, which I think was in my mother's milk, one could say, uh, and, and you know to allow that voice to manifest. And there, and and and, and I know Barry is, is an exemplar of this, but there you are. The challenge is to hold your nerve. You've got to hold your nerve. You've got to back yourself. You can't say, "Oh, well, look, you know, who's going to go for this sort of voice?" Um, um, and and uh, I, I actually was quite um, moved as well as surprised by the response to Cafe Sherazade. And and, uh, and 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 I know Boris was was overwhelmed by the response to it, um, uh, but he held his nerve and he stuck to his guns and. Um, uh, and, I, and I'm telling you, you know, there, there, there are people, uh, you know, there were people that were telling him otherwise, but he just um, followed his own star. Um, it, another parallel there is that we're both drawing on, uh, part of what we're drawing on is, is our specific cultures for storytellers. Mm-hmm. And, and he draws a lot on uh, the uh, Kurdish and uh, Iranian storytelling uh, traditions, uh, which are which are very poetic, uh, and and uh, so yeah, uh, this is all part of it. Uh, believing in yourself, even though you're doubting, if I can put it that way. I wonder if you can reflect that on that storytelling tradition, because what what struck me. Uh, as you were making those comments about uh, the writing process and not trying to, not trying to be too self-conscious of a reader, is um, the dynamic between Masha and Avram as they're telling the story in Cafe Scheherazade. Uh, it's almost like Masha is is Avram's kind of online editor, and she'll break in and she'll say, "No, you've you've jumped too far ahead. You have to come back." She's she's there to remind him that there is an audience that that if you want Martin to understand this story, you have to tell it in a certain way, uh, which is I suppose a beautiful dynamic of of dialogue. But um, it was also just just a sort of a lovely uh, contrast to the way you describe the solitary writer at the desk. Well, look, you know, it's, very, uh, it's, uh, it's a very interesting point you've made. And it's, it's, you know, once again, here we, that, here we enter the realm of what fiction can do. Mm. So what that is, is that I picked up, I picked up on this. I mean, uh, Marsha would occasionally do this, mm. right? Uh, and so then that becomes, uh, you know, part of the, um, 
it's woven in as a as as part of the way they interact. You see, it's interesting because Avram and Marsha are the two characters who whose names are the, remain as they are and are as they are. Uh, but even there, there is a kind of fiction, meaning uh, the way I've shaped what I've picked up from them, um, uh, uh, you know, becomes uh, the way they interact uh, in the novel. Uh, in real life, uh, there were moments they interacted like that. Uh, so it, it, it's a fascinating parallel there. I mean, I, I've got people that say to me, oh, this, this is not a novel, it's, it's a true story, and then... Then I'll, I'll, I'll read the passages, right, where which I've made up entirely. There, there's one, there's one passage, right? It's two paragraphs, and I'll read it to you. And I, it's a wonderful example of this. Uh, and and when people read these two paragraphs, right, they they say to me, "Oh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I've heard that, that guy say that, right." And and this is the paragraph: Russell sinks his teeth into the schnitzel. Sherazade is a schnitzel gun maiden, he says, a schnitzel paradise. It has the best in every variety. My favorite is a chicken. But if you wish, you can have a veal schnitzel, a Parisian schnitzel, a Venus schnitzel. You can order your own the way you once had it over there, homemade in the Alta Welt. He pauses for another ample bite, and they are honest schnitzels, saturated with oil, swimming in juice with big portions and no skipping. Look how it fills the whole plate. It even sticks out over the side. My dear Martin, one thing I know, when there is food, don't be shy. Who knows if you will ever enjoy another meal? Here, have a bite. I'm a vegetarian, I say. You're a fool, he replies. And and so it goes. But uh, the way I, I wrote that is that one day I walked in, looked at the menu of Scheherazade, and there were schnitzels all over the place. And then I heard Jocelyn's voice, which I already established, and out came that passage. So, so that's that's it. That's the process. That's uh, and I, and I'm sure that a lot of writers of fiction, whether the characters are based on someone they know or an impression of someone, or whether it's so-called made up. Um, you've got to get into the voice, and once you get into the voice, uh, it really starts happening. I'm so glad you brought up that passage, on because I did want to ask you about it. It was it for me evoked the 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 moment of sitting and and being a part i felt like i was sitting in the cafe but it also it also gave me a a, a tinge of of what i might have felt because i'm vegetarian and i i wondered <laughs> are you vegetarian were you ever in that situation or was it just important that martin was in that moment well look i, I you know, I, i've been both i am vegetarian mm. uh, and have been for quite a while um but you know the but there's a deeper point there, you know, that, that these these guys uh, have what, um, you know, at least the, the, the two of the five main characters, Laser and Yossel, mm. have got what Primo Levi, Levi calls feral vitality, right? Mm. They, they're not victims. Um, and, yes, they survivors, but they're more than that. You know, we, we, we didn't survive, uh, you know, uh, for nothing, uh, we, we survive, and now we're enjoying life. And uh, you know, they, they, they are belligerent; they are uh, at times even aggressive. Um, and both of the characters, who are based uh, on a number of people, are based on people who, I mean, the image that comes to mind is the way they tuck into their food mm. and, and the way they love their meat. 
whether I'm vegetarian or not, I've got to honour the fact that that's the way uh, it is for them. Mm. Um, and, 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 and yes, the real people on which they're based, you know, they, they in real life have come at me and said, you know, you just eat grass, you know. What's the point if you reduce to eating grass? We're here for more than that. Mm. Uh, and 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 that goes to the heart of something uh, that was very deliberate from the beginning of writing this uh, that Cafe Share is that is that I if you grow go up with these people you're growing up with real life sometimes larger than life characters who uh, um, uh, who are agents of their own life and who uh, are far from being victims, uh, people who've, who who embrace life and um, uh, engage with life. So, yeah, I, I, it, it's a book about survivors, but more than that, a, a book about a, a kind of celebration of life once you come through the storm. I think that's also, you know, what, what really resonates with me. And I would say with, you know, lots of, well, if not most of the, the, the Jewish community um, uh, in, in, in uh, at the very least, Australia, and, 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 and certainly, I would say, beyond, um, is just this idea that, like, um, reading it, I, I felt like I was with my grandparents and their friends, um, and it was rendered in... Because, I mean, this is... The way Arnold, uh, you know, writes it, it, it really is... It, I, you could not get a, a better snapshot of a a community at a particular time in a in a particular place than 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 Cafe Jerezad, and 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 it's also told in the in this um, tradition of Yiddish storytelling, which is what we were brought up in. Um, so to me, it's like I, I read this book and I feel like I'm just in in this you know place of home. Um, you know, it's beautiful kind of you know warm um, um, home where. Um, you know, people have survived. They've, they've and, and they've and they've um, moved beyond survival. They're they're they're, uh, they're 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 kind of relishing life. They've, they've gotten another another chance at life, and they're 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 um, they're really just in, in in this incredible way, you know, grasping life after having experienced the most unimaginable trauma. And it's it's this incredible um, uh, feeling as a reader, and particularly um, as a reader who whose family it, it essentially represents, um, you know, to, to be able to, to go back to that. And now, you know, many years later, and, and this is why, why this book endures, many years later after so many of that generation have, have, now, have now died, we can go back and we can still be be with them and 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 just and feel that that same feeling we had you know thirty years ago forty years ago um because they're so alive in a really authentic way um in the pages of this book this feels like a really lovely place to draw our conversation together and I'm just going to reintroduce uh both Arnold Zabel, he is the author of Café Scheherazade. We have been discussing that book as part of the Australian Classics Book Club. Joined by Bram Presser, he is the author of The Book of Dirt. It has been a wonderful discussion. I, I thank you both so much. And I think we have covered so many uh, so many areas for people to to go back and, and rediscover and, you know, why this book is such a classic. Arnold, Bram, thank you so much. Uh, thank you so much. No, I, I want to add one thing here, and that is that Bram's introduction to the to the uh, classic edition of Café Scheherazade is truly wonderful. And um, uh, what 
what I love about it, about it most is that he's 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 captured the tone. He's reflecting the tone of the book, hmm. uh, and I can't think of a, a better way of 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 that book being uh, introduced. Uh, it, it goes back to that simple point that that one of the central points we've been making, and that is. It's not only the story, but the way it's told. And in, in Bram's case, it's not only the introduction, but the way he's told it. He's totally and utterly tuned into the spirit of what the project was about. And so I'm very grateful for that. And um, uh, and, uh, and and you know, I, I feel honoured by that. Oh, so, look, I have to say, like, in the in the mutual admiration moment, <laughs> that no, no. I mean, look, for me, just. Being asked to to write about a book that is like so important to me was was an incredible honor. It, just, it was a beautiful experience actually re- reading it so closely for the purpose of introducing it and 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 just to to allow myself to just be immersed again in this in this incredible book. So I mean, it was just a, a fantastic experience, and you know, I'm I'm really proud of how how this edition has come out. Um, you know, as a whole, I found both the novel Arnold and your introduction, Bram, had me tossing down my pages and taking these deep breaths and, and biting back tears, which is which is no way to travel Sydney trains. Um, <laughs> but I know I know something special is happening when when I find that happening. And and look, to have the opportunity to discuss it with you both has been just amazing. I appreciate it so much. Thank you. Thank you. That's it for this great conversation in the Australian Classics Book Club. I want to thank Bram Presser and Arnold Zabel for joining me to discuss Arnold's classic novel, Café Scheherazade. Great Conversations is recorded on Gadigal land of the Eora Nation at 2SER's Broadway Studios in Sydney, Australia, and the show is produced and presented by Andrew Popel. To keep up with the latest in books, writing and literary culture, follow us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. Just look for at Final Draft 2SER and click subscribe in your podcast app to get a new Great Conversation every week. My name is Andrew Popel. I'll be back next week with more books on Great Conversations from Final Draft. Till then, happy reading.